Do I get to listen to this before you put it out? And if I hate it, go, John, do not put that out. Not really. I mean, you can't do that. Hiya, and welcome to another episode of The Jewel Case with me, John Darcy. You might be listening on FM 105 and Downpatrick, or perhaps Lisburn FM, or Bangor FM, or... Maybe you're listening after the fact online on the podcast at thejewelcase.johndarcy.com. You're more than welcome as usual. This is the first episode of 2017. I'm just waking up out of my Jewel Case podcast hibernation slumber and I am joined by a very special guest to enliven me for the coming year. I'm hopefully going to get some advice on how to, uh, you know, change up my lifestyle and, uh, you know, get a healthy eating pattern, get yeah. some more exercise into my life. It's Leonie McDonough. Yeah, I'm going to give you all of those things. <laughs> Hi, Leonie. How are you Hi, doing? Hi, John. <laughs> I didn't really give you a good introduction there. Leonie no, McDonough, okay. Don't worry. also known as Leonie Pony, director of Pony Dance. Yeah, all those things. And uh, Pony Dance is, is it a troupe or a, can you, do you say oh, dance troupe? Oh, we hate troupe that or, word. Yeah. You can say troupe. Not really. I think troupe conjures up loads of Irish dancers doing the same thing. We're not a troupe. There's, there's too few of us and... We're too varied in what we do. So I'm going to say we're not a troupe. A company. A company. That's Of varying sizes. A varying... Yeah, maybe yeah. that sounds better. We'll, we'll talk about pony dance. We'll get, we'll get stuck into pony dance in a bit. But actually, I'm really here to talk to you today about your solo show, which yeah. you're presenting at Cathedral Quarter Arts Festival. Well, it's the out to lunch part in January. Yeah. 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 The proper festival is in May. Well, this is, is a proper festival too, but it's just right, a giant called out to already. I am splitting... <laughs> well, is that... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Sorry, John. God, I'm being really pedantic there. No, you're okay. You're okay. Well, it is the Outland Festival. Let's be right about things here. Yes, it's it's the it's always what what do they say? It's the festival that always comes first. Yeah, it's the first festival in Northern Ireland every year. It's a great year. festival too. It's brilliant and it's Full out to lunch. Stuff. There's yeah. lots of things happening around lunchtime, and actually, your show is taking place in the black box, and mm-hmm. you can get fed while you watch. Amazingly. You can pay six fifty for a ticket for the show, or you can pay seven pounds and get lunch as well. So, what's the 50p lunch? Is for lunch? 50p. <laughs> I've no idea. I actually have no idea. I don't know how it works because, to my shame, I haven't been to an out to lunch show. Oh, shame! Shame! I know. I shouldn't have admitted to that. I need a Game but, of Thrones shame yeah, bell. Yeah, shame bell. I'm always hibernating in January because I do a Christmas. I do Pony Panto at Christmas, so I, come January, I'm usually caked out of it. But I had I had done the solo show in October at the Belfast Festival and I fancied giving it another run out. So I got talking to Sean Kelly in the nick of time. Like I was telling you earlier, just in the nick of time and wedged myself in because I wanted to do the show again because if I don't keep doing it, then I might get lazy or give up. Well, tell us a bit more th- about the show. It's called Idiom. It's a one-person show, yeah. right? I get a lot of help. Is it like a comedy dance show, like the pony dance stuff? Yeah, it's very much that ilk. It's no fourth wall, so I'm talking to the audience a lot. So it's kind of have a, has a hint of stand-up, but I'm very physical. I move a lot. And a lot I move, of... Well, I say I move a lot. I'm dancing. Someone asked me this earlier, like, are you dancing in it? I say, uh, well, there's music and I'm moving. So yes, I'm dancing in it. They probably thought you were being really overly politically correct there. Like, oh, I, I can't frame it as a dancing, really. <laughs> well, this is true. I can't really frame it as a dancing. And lots of our stuff, I think, oh, we're not really dancing. That's not really dancing anymore. But it is. I mean, it's all vague about what it is we get called contemporary dance a lot as well and I don't think we're contemporary dance anymore for what we're not in the definition of what I think contemporary dance is even though it's contemporary and we are dancing so I don't know 
Well, people we go will, on about that all day, but people will know Pony Dance. He's been really active uh, in the Northern Irish scene for a number of years now. And uh, one of the big shows is the Pony Panto. I actually mm-hmm. went to it for the first time. Was oh, that your uh, first time in 2016 there in winter? And it was brilliant. Yeah, it's a great crack. So yeah, I would, I, w- I would like. I'm not a, I'm not a big dance head. I, I don't really know how, where the categories blur and end between contemporary dance and uh, what felt for me kind of like a variety show. Yeah, it's very of much a dance show. and music. Um, and all these things blended together and ha- obviously you have a live band as well with Donald Scullion's oh he's brilliant troop. isn't he I keep wanting to use the word yeah, troop yeah get rid of that word John <laughs> lose that word there's other words yeah Donald Scullion is brilliant I love working with him I never get I've been working with him for about three years now and oh he's such a gift because I never get I was thinking about this the other day I never get tired of hearing him sing or when we're in rehearsals and just hearing him he's, he's so good at what he does I think I enjoy him much more than he enjoys me. I think in our relationship, I think, I bet he doesn't get the same thrill out of watching me dance or listening to me waffle on on stage. Like when I get the same joy out of listening to it. Oh, I love listening to him sing. I'm sure that must be just on your end, that feeling. Do you feel that a lot in collaboration that you're enjoying your collaborators well, usually, more? Usually than... I'm not crazy about collaboration. I'm quite selfish in that sense. Okay. So usually I prefer, listen lads, we're just going to do it my way. Okay, thanks for your ideas. But really, I just want to do it this way because it's my idea and I prefer it. But Donald has a whole other skill set in music. I haven't known it in my head, so he's such a marvellous skill set. And he's so easy to work with. And he's great at what he does. So in that sense, I like collaborating with him because he's a whole skill set that I don't have. Well, I, I did a bit of a deep dive Ooh. in advance of the interview. You know, I wanted to get to know you a bit better. Ah, deep and, dive, uh, eh? Went on the Pony Dance website, which I, I just realized is an award-winning website. Your, your website has been yeah. award-winning because of it, Neil all of Hainsworth. its really nice design stuff. Yeah, Neil Hainsworth, who dances with Pony Dance, is also a self-taught, self-made designer. And he he's brilliant. So check him out. He's neilorangepeel.com. And yeah. he makes lots of really interesting stuff. He's really clever design. And I work with him all the time. Yes, I encourage the listeners to go to the Pony Dance website because bits fall down and spin about and do all this. Yeah, it's nice. It's low-key, but it's subtle. And encourage me to write more on the website because I'm a bit slack about updating it. I can update it and I go, I think, oh, I'll write a blog, I'll update it. And then I I don't do it because I think no one wants to read it anyway. So I need to get over myself and write more. Well, when I was on the website, I, I, I sort of looked through the videos um, oh, yeah. to see some of the older stuff I wasn't familiar with. Yeah. And uh, came across an, an untitled video, which um, was a tribute to you by all of oh. your collaborators. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. Oh, we made that ages ago. That is based on a video. Um, what movie was it? The Town. You know, by Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck oh, made this yeah. movie called The Town. And when you hire out the DVD, there's you get these little bonus extras. <laughs> when you hire extras. out the DVD, yeah, this is how long ago. dead, right? I know, but this is how long ago. I hired out that DVD, The Town, <laughs> by Ben Affleck. And then you get these bonus short films. And one was about Ben Affleck. And he had the whole cast, all the other actors, sat being interviewed about how, talking about how great Ben Affleck was. And I thought, I cannot believe Ben Affleck put up a video about himself like yeah. I thought the conceit of it I thought lads we have to do this well, we'll do it about me and we'll just because does how long does it take you to realise that we're obviously ripping I think the first time uh, Paula speaks yeah, Paula one of the garbage. dancers in Pony Dance yeah. and she's clearly a bit OTT but it starts with this uh, title uh, Leone Pony <laughs> choreographer director teacher mother legend 
yeah, that's what they're saying about Ben Affleck. And I was like, <laughs> I could say that about me. I could say I'm a director, choreographer, teacher, mother, let, you know. But maybe I'm also quite vain and secretly, but wouldn't want to admit it, that I do think that about myself. Like, oh yeah, director, Well, well this mother. is what I'm thinking yeah. about. How do you approach a collaboration? Because obviously there's a tongue-in-cheek nature to that mm. video like tongue placed firmly in cheek and firmly. Pa- Paul is nearly corpsing at the end of some yeah. of uh, the, the clips and the editors kind of half left them in um, but you never fully go over the line to the point where it, it is obviously well, I, uh, I like satire be, yeah but I like to be vague I love vagueness I hate when people I hate I I hate I don't like when things are obvious when you're spoon fed all the information you need about something so you've no room to think I like to leave a question mark and I guess the website kind of does that as well that this it's minimalist but there's a vagueness I don't like to I like to leave lots of room for people to think about it to make their own assumptions because everyone has a different slant on Hmm. what they see what they hear so I would be big vagueness is like a word that runs through my um, all of my work well my working practice I guess I always like to do a big like rewind back and like how did we get here okay, so yeah. I mean you're you're based in Belfast now uh-huh. but how did you end up in Belfast and how did Pony Dance actually come about getting pulled together I ended up in Belfast because I got pregnant with a man who lives well he still lives up here and so I arrived up with my bump and had the baby here and I've been here happily ever since and that was 10 and a half years ago now nearly so it's your decade in Belfast? I'm you? a solid decade in Belfast, yeah. And why did and you... And it was straightforward that. I fell in love with this guy, got pregnant, and up I came, and that was it. And why have you stayed in Northern Ireland now? Because I love Belfast. It gives me a really good quality of life. And being uh, an artist, I have a good quality of life. And being a mum, I have a really good quality of life. Everything I need or could want is here, and it's very accessible. And there's a great community of people here, and there's great facilities here, and I... I thank the gods every day that I live here. I truly love it. I have a genuine, deep love for the place. And every time I go away and every time I come back, I feel, oh, oh, it's great to be back. Oh, home sweet home. <laughs> and I don't have that feeling anywhere else. I don't have that feeling with Galway when I go back there where I grew up. Oh, so you're from Galway originally? Yeah, from Galway originally. And Darcy's one of the tribes of Galway, which I'm sure yes. you remember, yeah. Yeah, it is, yeah. And I'm McDonough. <laughs> That's another one of the tribes of Galway. Oh, oh wait, should this be a battle then? <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Podcast battle. Oh, oh, sorry, we've we've almost had a canine intrusion uh, because I should have said at, at the start of the podcast, uh, we're actually in, in your, my house. Uh, yeah, in your house. We're, yeah, welcome we're to my, we're in my bedroom. Welcome to my bedroom, John Darcy. Yeah, so listeners, uh, conjure your, your your mental image of, of this, but we've actually got the laptop precariously placed on a dresser and I've, I've got things like <laughs> leads running the across bed, the room. And you're sitting on a chair. And... Uh, we actually, we actually, it took a while to get started recording because there was a big conflab about what tea to make that would get us yeah, through I this recording. I have acquired a nice collection of loose leaf tea now. I'm into tea and fudge. We're eating homemade fudge, which never happens. I never, on the fudge diet that you suggested. Yeah, it's, um, um, we'll take listeners really behind the curtain because <laughs> when you serve the fudge, I suggested that via social media, you write a blog post that recommends... The fudge diet. The fudge diet, Brilliant. which is like a fudge January. Fudgeary, maybe. Fudgeary. I've given you this all for free, right? Thank so, you, John. So I am grateful. I, I really, truly believe that if you post that, at least two people will try it. Right, I'm gonna, The I'll internet's a, go. a weird place. At least two real maybe. life people will take your advice. They'll look at the picture of you and think, if she's doing it, she yeah, looks like Yeah, I'm really that. slim. Look at me, I'm a nice size 10. <laughs> I'm going to say I eat fudge twice a day and then a proper dinner. 
Oh, I thought it was just fudge. Well, no, I mean, yeah, it is just fudge. You're right. I have a, I have <laughs> breakfast and then fudge all the rest of the day. Yeah, you're right. It's not. It's not going to happen. No, it's not. And I'm not going to post it up. And I'm not going to talk about a fudge diet. But thank you for the idea, John. Well, we were also talking before I, I turned the microphone on about that sort of aspect of social media and how it can be quite draining for artists. And oh, yeah, I can't stand it. I can't get into it at all. And I think I keep saying to myself, oh, you should. You should use Twitter. You should be active. You know, generate a following, blah, 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 blah. And I just can't, I can't warm to it at all. And it's the same. That's why I said earlier, the website, I should write the blog because it's just useful because people want, you know, they want, what's it? They marketing? want to get to know you. Yeah, they want info. They want pictures and they want all this sort of stuff. And I just cannot be arsed because I think is a really interesting, I don't know. It doesn't go with my vague mantra. I like to be vague, but maybe that's vagueness. That's just a sort of laziness or that's my ego getting in the way of myself. I don't know. I, I'm, I've really mixed feelings about it. Anyway, first world problems. Will I blog? Will I not blog? I mean, who cares really? But I can't get into it at all. But it's really handy. I mean, it's a brilliant way to promote stuff. I just go on Twitter whenever I have a show coming up and stick up one tweet. Yeah. And, I, and it's really effective. So if I, you know, if I could bother myself, if I got in on regularly using it, I'm sure it'd be even more effective for marketing. Because when I think about how we used to market print and flyers and posters, it was such a job. Mm. Promoting stuff is so much easier now than it was when we started 10 years ago. God, I sound like an old lady, don't I? <laughs> Just when you cleared yeah. your throat there, you did. <laughs> Excuse me. There, am I better? No, I sound like an old lady going on about, oh, I remember back in the day when you had to print flyers, you know. But that's not that long ago. No, it's I not. Getting, I remember getting a mobile phone when I was 16 and mm. never using it. And now Toby, my son, is 10 and he wants one. He reckons it's time he got a phone. Well, <sighs> well I was going to say that, uh, you know, it was only a couple of years ago. It was MySpace events that got yeah, people to gigs, and now, and now it's Facebook events. Gone. But actually, that was about ten years ago. MySpace nearly. Um, yeah. So yeah, I remember starting does... pony dance MySpace and barely using that either. Well, yeah, you, you didn't finish the pony dance story. We got we got sidetracked on a on a tangent. Oh, yeah, How did, did pony dance come to fruition? How did you meet well, the I likes was starting of Paula? To make, and... Well, I went to college in Dublin with Paula and Dwayne, who who was in pony dance loads. And then I met Neil, who I work with a lot in London when I was in college there. But it started back in, yeah, when I was in college, in dance college in Dublin and made a show that I put into one festival during the summer. Yeah, because, and then we got a show into another festival the next summer. And then the following year, we got a bit more. But I was make I went from dance college in Dublin to London Contemporary Dance School. And then I'd come home in the summers and be making pony dance shows. And they were really small and cheap. But I mean, literally... I wasn't paying anyone. We were just yeah. winging it. I was dancing in a nightclub. I was a podium dancer. And that actually, that funded quite a bit of stuff. And teaching kids, teaching summer camps, that would fund a bit of stuff. So we started off really with your mates making stuff. And then it, but I was really driven. Like I had a real hunger for it then. Mm. I was really determined to make work. I was really determined to have a dance company. And I kind of, I don't have that same kind of hunger anymore. I don't have that kind of poker up my backside to go for it and then when I was making work I also got pregnant and that of course was an accidental pregnancy I was only in second year in college in London so I thought I better really go for it now I mean if I want to run a dance company I have to you know if I'm gonna have a baby I gotta make it work else I'm gonna end up with a really boring job so you know I had a real fire burning for it but and that I think I'm 35 so I was 25 when I had to be and I'm 35 now so I have much less of a fire for it. 
you know, when I get offered gigs, I'm not like, yeah, I got a gig. I'm like, <laughs> oh, a gig. Yeah, well, oh, but now yeah. you have to think of all those considerations. You've got a yeah. company. You have to think of uh, technical specs. You've got to think yeah. of... And um, funding and writing for funding and all the yeah. paperwork and admin that I, I fail at regularly, that I find really difficult. So that kind of takes the edge off it. You can't beat the old youthful enthusiasm. There's always those kind of things and I'm sure you, that you get that buzz when the show actually kicks off yeah. and you feel that reaction yeah, with true. the audience. When I was at Pony Panto uh, at the Mac and the Mac have been massive supporters of Pony Yeah, Dance. that's another reason I love Belfast is because the Mac is here and they are massive supporters. I've been associate artist with them now for mm-hmm. five years. I mean, where would you get it? It's a brilliant. And also, actually, I think their Hatch uh, program is up. So anyone listening who uh, wants to apply, apply, apply. Because you were one of their... Or was I was an artist in residence, which is different. I was there for three months. Um, but the Hatch, the Hatch residency is different because you have an 18-month contract and then you have a desk space in a shared office and then you can use rehearsal space whenever they have it available. So and great opportunity. Oh, yeah. it's brilliant. The Mac are wonderfully supportive. They're really artist-focused. I don't know anyone as good as them, actually. The Mac are... Outstanding. I couldn't say a bad word about them. Well, as I was at the Mac, yes, at your show, yes, at Ponto, the, yes. The thing that really struck me was your diving into intimate moments and eye contact with members of the audience and pulling people up onto the oh, stage. Yeah, I'm all about and it. I, I felt like that for you was like one of the key yeah. aspects of the show was sort of the the danger of that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well observed. Yeah, I would say so. I, I'm. I'm 100% interested in audience is and in not strictly an audience participation, but I'm very much about talking to an audience. So that's what I say now about like the no fourth wall. I, I'm not really into stuff. Sometimes you see shows and you kind of feel like that show and especially with dance, you feel that dance show would happen whether we were in the room or not. Yeah. That's just going on. And if we were here, we're here and we see it, that's fine. But if we're not here, it doesn't even matter. So I really like making stuff that's really audience orientated and this year in Panda we did loads of audience participation but people have really mixed feelings about audience participation I know people who won't go to Panto because they're so afraid of being picked <laughs> up or pulled up on stage and they would just die and it's and that's what makes a great viewing for other people is when people are on stage really embarrassed that's can just you, such good viewing material can you so tell mean. now in that Darren Brown way who will be a good participant and who will just not want to engage yeah, you're yeah, you're going around and you're looking at the audience and you're making all these really quick judgments um by their body language and their facial expression, the way they're dressed, who they're sitting beside, their age they are, the gender they are, all these sort of things. So you're trying to chew down this information as quickly as you can while you're looking trying to appear casual, like you're just casually picking somebody out. And that takes a lot of practice. And um, I sometimes I get it right and a lot of times I get it wrong. Because you you want to get someone who is a little bit embarrassed. You don't want to get someone who's really cocksure fantastic because they will upstage you. They'll make a dick out of me. I don't want anyone's... Obviously, I don't want to be made a dick out of. No one wants that. But as host of the show, you really don't want it to happen. Or even just de- derail the show and make or it derail, too much about them. Exactly. So you need someone who is a little bit embarrassed but still will go along with instruction and do what they need to do. And usually you get it, but every now and then you get someone who's a bit too brave or people or some people who try too hard. They're trying really hard to be funny and... Yeah, and sometimes people, some people get up and they're really funny and they're great, and other people try to be funny and they they die. Well, <laughs> one of the uh, moments at the show that I was at, I think it was the last show, the last but, yeah, the last show the of last the whole Friday, year, the late and, one, uh, yeah, with the late one. Oh yeah, <laughs> and everyone was, uh, you know, 
I think a lot of people had had quite a few beverages before they arrived. Yeah, and the Christmas show that happens more and more. Yeah, there was uh, a couple beside me actually who got pulled up to do the. Uh, um, hell, oh, the, the time, time of my life. Of my life. Yeah, the so with the fake lift and, yeah. and everything, but it was a, an older couple, and kind of unexpectedly to everyone, they had just a massive makeout session on the stage, and you didn't really kind of know when to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> and each, every night, so a couple, some couples wouldn't kiss at all. Other couple, well, I had one couple, and they were all over each other in the first twenty seconds. You're yeah, like, old lads, can you kind of keep it till the end? <laughs> You're peaking way too early here. We've another three and a half minutes of the song to go and you're making out. So, yeah, you're, you're trying to give instruction to to craft the whole piece so that it hits mm. a peak and then has a denouement and all that sort of stuff. And that is hard to do when you've got people you've just pulled up out of the audience. But the structure of the thing usually carries it. So I can't remember that. We did 12 shows. I'm trying to remember the last There was old also couple. a bit of a, a, um, a sketchy moment on that show. Oh, there's loads of sketchy moments. The end, that, that's the thing with a pony was, show. Loads of sketchy moments. Paula was doing sh- Oh, she's sh- doing Cinead. Cinead. the pop star. And this woman who was really drunk got up and started drinking the blind date's wine. Yes, there was a there was a, a, yeah. a couple on stage part of the show having a supposed blind yeah, date they've and just, there was yeah, free supposed wine blind date. and her friend, one of the people in the couple, her friend just got up and started she was sitting in the front wine. row, yeah. yeah. And I think she was a bit too far gone. But she was too drunk. To, See, this yeah. is the thing when you've got people in the audience who are drunk, they're, some people are so drunk that you cannot shame them. Sometimes you can shame people into shutting up. Yeah. Embarrassment is a, is a running theme here that's working off people's... I'm really mean. I feel mean about it. But God, it's such good viewing. But she was so... She was too drunk and thus you couldn't embarrass her. And she was giving it back to Cinead. Cinead was trying to... It's a, it's this is the, well this is the risk you run when you do audience participation that it'll go wrong on you and that's 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 the gamble. But yeah, she was you just couldn't embarrass her. She was too, and it's also there's an interesting dynamic between women on stage and um, there's this kind of loose rule in street performing or in clown that it's it's generally easier to pick on men than it is on women. Women are an oppressed section of society historically so it's easier to make fun of men and if you're a woman on stage it's hard for me as a woman to make fun of another woman without mm-hmm. coming across as an absolute bitch it's a it's that kind of running dynamic that we have in society so um so it's easier to pick a man so Cinead is a female and this another female is getting up and helping herself to a drink and giving lip back to Cinead so yeah it, that was um and if the audience member doesn't step down, it just tends to spiral. Yeah, if they don't care and they just keep going on and they're trying to be funny or they think they're funny and they're not funny, but they've no awareness of themselves. It's just, yeah. uh, it's I just wonder a, what they were thinking the next morning. <laughs> I hope she was mortified. She should be mortified. She made a f- show of herself. I hope she listens to this podcast and know, you know who you are, lady, and you made an absolute show of yourself. But that's... That's how it rolls with audience participation. You win some, you lose some. So one, we're, we've got that theme of of pony dance, which is shame and embarrassment. Shame and embarrassment. <laughs> we've also, I feel, God, there's yeah. like a a running theme in the work, and I'm not sure if this carries over to the uh, solo show idiom, but there's an aesthetic of um, DIY, yeah, and yeah DIY yeah. composition and failure within that, yeah. And people who are, you know, trying to do something that they're not actually able to do. And this is seen in like the roller disco people and the fitness dancing. There's always a bit of, that's part of the clowning of it. Yeah. Yeah, this this is true. But it's the, you know, the thing with shame and embarrassment or people trying to do stuff and, uh, and failing at it. Making a good attempt, but failing at it is, that's the humanity. That's why, that's the comedy because that's why... 
this is why as humans we like comedy because you recognize your own feelings as well and it makes you feel better about yourself mm. like we ultimately we're all idiots people are stupid all of us you're not saying people are stupid it's true we are all stupid so it's about celebrating that it's about going acknowledging your own idiocy and acknowledging your own stupidity and being being okay about it so I think that's the ultimate. I know I'm shaming and embarrassing people, but there's something reaffirming about it. People are mm. mortified, but other people, they're mortified because other people relate to how they'd be mortified and people are sitting there going, oh, I'd be mortified too or what would I do in that situation? And it just stirs, it's to stir stuff in you. And I think ultimately you're leaving with um, a better sense of your, you know, you're kind of more relaxed in your own humanity. You're kind of, oh, I'm a dick and that's okay. They're dicks. I'm a dick. We're all dicks together. This is okay. We're going to be okay. It's 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 taking people who maybe are on a pedestal and and exposing that like everybody poops yeah, that kind of everybody thing. Everybody <laughs> poops, you know, everybody's poo smells. What's yeah. with the tracksuits? Because I I was I watching some of the, some of the videos of Pony Dance and there's a different tracksuit for each member in every video. How many tracksuits do you own? Quite a considerable collection and when we finish the podcast I will take you a t- on a tour of the costume department <laughs> in my house which is this tiny uh, return room at the, at the end of the stairs there. And uh, Why do I like tracksuits so much? I think there's something universal about Adidas. Adidas have managed as a brand to be uber universal, uh, as in you see the young lads, like on our, my street here, there's a bunch of young lads at that corner and they all uniformly wear Adidas. Okay. But then you see middle-class moms going to the gym in their Adidas. Uh, everybody, every class in society Whereas Adidas, hipsters wear it. All yes, there's been a, a there's something about Adidas that's universal. Olympians wear it. Yes, and the lads at the end of the street are wearing it. Because I guess if you were doing that bit with all of the tracksuits, not quite in this period of time. If it was a a, a few years ago, it might have been um, seemed like it was a socioeconomic yeah, poking fun at something. But now is, there is it, a ubiquity about sportswear. Exactly. It all it is that socioeconomic thing. You're kind of you could be yeah trying to poke fun at single mothers. You know you see Adidas tracksuits pushing buggies and the but I'm a single mother. I have pushed a buggy in my time in an Adidas tracksuit. Not in an Adidas. <laughs> yeah, in an Adidas tracksuit. So I can't. It is you could be seen to be poking fun at it, but also it's a reflection of me myself where I am. But it's just the universal. I might explain this very well, John, but yeah, it's definitely, I see what you're saying, but it's definitely much more uni- universal now, especially, especially Adidas for some reason. Yes, we're kind of like in and a And post- also, as as clothes, sorry to put in, but also as clothes, they're hilarious. I mean, tracksuits, they've one block of color, colored stripes, they're kind of shiny material, just as a costume. I mean, if you took yourself out, if you'd no social... Um, context at all if you just dropped out of the planet onto the planet from somewhere else I think Adidas tracksuits are just so eye-catchingly you know all in one it's matching like a outfits or a yeah. uniform in a way yeah. they're like matching outfits I, th- I laugh <laughs> I think I just delight you know you see old ladies wear matching trouser suits you know or like the pantsuit I think matching outfits crack me up <laughs> and Adidas is just everywhere and it's a great brand so there you go that's what that's about for me uh, I don't know where to take it from there. Yeah, I think we've peaked at Adidas. <laughs> we peaked. And come see the solo, solo show because actually no, there's finished, a lot of Adidas. There's a lot of Adidas. No, I know you're not, but there's a lot of Adidas in the solo show. Tell us more about the solo show. I don't want to. I want you to come and see it. It's ba- I just talk about myself, but it's about me and my relationship uh, with Belfast 
And I spent ages reading and researching and working with community groups and thinking, you know, you think about Northern Ireland and... But in Northern Ireland, people talk a lot about the troubles in Northern Ireland and the Catholic and Protestant things. So I kind of want to address it, but I've actually no, I've no context for it. I didn't grow up here. I've just breezed in here and had a great time. And I have no, I've no personal experience of any of it. So I kind of am blissfully ignorant in a way. And I don't want to, I didn't want to go into stuff that I didn't know anything about. That's the bottom line, isn't it? When you're making stuff, you've got to make stuff about what you know. And I know about my own experience here. So, I mean, it's got such a rich and deep and layered and problematic and interesting history. And where do you even start addressing mm. that? So, so in a sense, I'm just, I can just, I'm just talking about my own experience of it. And I really love it, as you've heard me harp on, yeah. and harp on to the cows big sale for about how much love I love the place. <laughs> I, no, I really love the place. I have a really great time here. Talking about the political situation here, mm. I guess, you, I mean, if you're doing a show rooted here, it, it's, it has to come up somewhere. And and yeah. I, I guess the main fear of, of someone from here watching a piece about Belfast is if it's tackled or if it's tackled in a in a lazy way or just in a, in a skimmed through or skimmed past. And yeah. there's been there's been great art made about the troubles and there's been really poor art made yeah. about the troubles. There's been um, lots of art made about the yeah. troubles. Yeah. Um, but actually that wouldn't have the pony dance stuff doesn't really um touch on locality. It's nope. much more about, say, um pop culture references and gender politics, I feel. Fully like. about yeah, pop culture references and gender politics sums it up really well. There are our themes. And the same with the does the solo show do that? The solo show is more about me. And I've never made something that was as much about myself. Because I thought, oh, how selfish. Artists making stuff about themselves. I mean, who wants... To, it's more than blog thing. Who wants to know? Who cares? Who wants to listen to what you've got to say? And then now I'm kind of at a point where I go, oh, just go on. Make stuff about yourself. I saw Sam Taylor Wood. She did this series of photographs and she's in all the photographs. And she was unashamedly, this work is about me. I'll be my own subject. I thought, oh, it's okay. You can, you can do that. You can make an artistic choice to make stuff about yourself. And I had loads of stuff written. And then I worked with a brilliant director called Joe Diefenbacher, who I highly recommend. What a wonderful man. And so I had lots of written stuff. And I spent three days with him. He lives over in Oxford. He's from America originally. And then he just kind of picked, picked all, he just picked loads of stuff out, put it all together and made it into something that had sense and is ultimately about me and my own experience. And, and, it's, and it's great. So what am I saying here? Yeah, he did a really great. He did a really great job because I was really unclear about it. But uh, and then he gave me clarity on what it's about. And it's and now I feel it's okay to make stuff about yourself. Go ahead, make stuff about yourself. Tell your story because other people can relate to it anyway. That sounds. That's the real cheesy line. It sounds really tell like a. Story. It sounds really like but a show you'd on. see at Edinburgh Fringe. Yeah, because there's lots of comedians like who do like biographical work. Yeah, will you I be taking this to thing. a festival like the Fringe? Oh, you see, this is back to the thing I was talking about earlier about having the hunger for it. And I had loads of hunger for that when I was younger. And I we've played the Edinburgh Fringe three times now. So I essentially feel like I've I've been there and I've done it. How was your experience? Well, we had a positive, we had a good time because we were supported by Dance Base, which is a venue over there. And they programmed us. So we had that, we had their support um, financially and in the sense that they got us a venue and they got marketing and Culture Ireland also supported us financially. So we didn't have to go over and all sleep at a one-bedroom apartment and fly our guts out every day. So we had a really 
nice experience in that sense because it's really tough for people. I have a good friend who do, who did solo shows there and I, I'd help her fly her and it's a real slog if you don't have a network of support. So we had a really good time in that sense. But I do feel it's, it's kind of that... Um, it's kind of that notch, isn't it? If you've done the Edinburgh Fringe with a solo show, it's a real milestone. So maybe I should do it to be able to kind of tick that box. Or even but as I'm a, not even that. I don't know. As a vehicle to get it booked on other festivals, maybe or yeah, I could. Yeah, it's definitely a brilliant showcase. It's a brilliant platform. But I guess I. I I've done, we've done loads of touring. Pony Dance has done loads of touring. We've been in lots of places and I'm not as keen to tour because, yeah, because I have a son and I kind of want to do less touring and more. I kind of feel like I, even as he was growing up, I did a, too, a bit too much coming and going. I would, I have a yearning now for a more regular life to spend less time looking for babysitters and shafting them off to my mother's or off to his dad's mother. You know, I would like to have a slower pace of things. Again, I'm sounding like an old lady, but I think it's a lull. I mean, I'll get that. I think it comes in peaks and what's the word? Troughs, you know, it comes in waves that it depends on the point in your life. Well, what is your sort of day to day when you're not doing a show? Are you always prepping for the next show? I'm or always prepping for the next are show. Are you like other yeah. artists who are running um, uh, arts education yeah. different ways? Or Yeah, I would do a lot of freelance teaching yeah, I'd always be teaching somewhere or another and, or facilitating workshops in some sort of capacity and always prepping for the next show or, yeah, writing funding applications or um, you'd have random gigs going on. And um, I host the Cabaret Supper Club as well on Upper oh, Arthur yeah. Street. So I do that. I've started doing that and I really, that's a great gig. I like doing that. So, uh, yeah, I always have something on the burner, but you are always kind of planning the next show. Yeah, I do a lot of it. Um, this sounds sparse, but I do a lot of thinking. I find I there's I do a lot of thinking. And I either I'm going around my house and doing laundry or I'm just sitting looking from me, as my grandmother say. But I I do a lot of <laughs> Wait, thinking. Looking from me, is that a phrase? That's what my yeah. grandmother says. I'm sitting here looking from me. <laughs> <laughs> She's not even looking at something. She's just looking from her. So I look like I'm doing that, but it's just it's thinking time. So which is important. Yeah, and my face is creased now. Like even thinking about thinking makes my brow furrow. But I do <laughs> I do a lot of thinking and I've piles of notebooks. Just like I have no there's just notebooks everywhere. Here's another box of them. Here's, look at these piles. Oh, I've gathered those lately. <laughs> I know, look at that. So uh, or the whiteboard. So I'm always um Yeah, we are we are in the office yeah, we're literally bedroom here. The, the yeah, this half is the bedroom and this is all Yeah, so we have like boxes. It's just I've just notes everywhere and that's just yeah that's it's a lot of thinking so you're thinking planning and organizing stuff and with group shows like Pony Panto there's so much organizing in that I mm. am working on that for weeks and weeks and weeks just organizing and getting together will it thinking. happen again next year well it's a tough one because we've done it for five years now so financially it doesn't make a whole lot of sense you know, it's oh, really? 120 yeah it's a 120 seat venue it's not you know, no one gets paid properly out of it. Everyone who does Panto is doing it for their love of it and we have a good time doing it. It's a real shared energy and a shared experience and we like doing it. But it doesn't, financially, it, it's a ridiculous model. Like most things in the arts, like most things Pony Dance have ever done, they are a financial shambles. <laughs> like you, you never get the financial award. So I think financially I can't keep doing that. I can't keep um, putting that much into shows that don't, 
pay off. And, and it sells really well. I mean, we sold every ticket bar a few, I think. Yeah. But there's just too many of us involved. You c- I can't pay people right. And there's only so long you can do, th- it's only so long you cannot be paying people properly. And I'm always at that, you know, come on, let's do it for the good times and here's a few quid. I mean, no one can, I can't sustain that. Money. Yeah, here's your petrol money or here, you know, here's a few pints of money. I, I can't sustain that. So it either has to move to a bigger venue or, and also, also, so we've done it five times now and we're good at it. We're, it's kind of become a well-oiled machine. You know, we're in, the, we're in the role of it. And then that becomes kind of safe and then it's mm. not as interesting and then it's not as challenging to do. When it becomes too easy, you know, like this year, la- last year, I'm thinking, oh, we're we're on schedule. We've got everything ready. Everything. Oh, oh, I, I'm not panicking about, oh, oh, this is, oh, this is less fun, actually. <laughs> Everybody looks nice and relaxed and we've left on time and, uh, oh, 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 we're good at this now. Oh, oh, yeah. So when that happens, even though it's a winning, it's a winning formula, it's a winning combo. I mean, you know, people we love doing it, and people love. We get a really good response to Panto. We get really good feedback, and people come year after year, and they're like, "Oh, it's the highlight of our Christmas." And that I love that. That warms me, you know. And I, and I know people just from them coming to Panto. I come, I see faces in the audience that they've come every year, and I feel like I'm mates with them, and they feel like they're mates with me, and. It's beautiful. It is a beautiful thing. Or I'll be out and about and someone will go, oh, you're a pony panto girl. I'm like, oh, you know, it's, that's a really gorgeous thing. That's a really precious thing. But I think we should stop now while it's still a gorgeous thing and not beat it to death. And it, I, I think we'll leave now while we've got these, I've got really nice, lovely, warm memories and we created something magic and it'll stay magic because we'll stop doing it, I think. There's a, this is breaking news. Pony yeah. Panto, no more. But I feel like possibly it, yeah. it, this could be like professional wrestling when someone says, "That's my last match. I'm retired," and then they come back. Uh, yeah, there's also <laughs> the, yeah, exactly. Later. I'm gonna do a Nigel Farage and just keep coming back to lead the party or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'm torn. So I'm, yeah, I'm thinking out loud. This is where I'm at now. But... It sounds like you're you're. Uh, it sounds like I've actually caught you at a moment where you are waiting to find that next thing that mm. challenges you and like that fire because you need um something that's gonna really give you a bit yeah, of a fight you need a bit of a stoke yeah you yeah. need to be kind of figuring it out if you're not figuring it out you know if you're not like ugh, grappling with it then uh, you know that's where's the you know and it's not even that it's fun i was gonna say where's the fun of that but it's not that it's fun i mean a lot of the time when i'm making shows i'm not enjoying it at all a lot of the time <laughs> when i'm working on stuff it's yeah i'm you, know, you kind of feel like oh this is you know and i'm tense and i can't sleep and you're it's all first world problem stuff. I mean, I'm so privileged to be an artist. And I know that. Yeah. And I, I realize how privileged I am. And um, but I'm still when I'm going through the when I'm going through the process of making show, a lot of the time, you know, I come home, I'm wrecked, I'm pissed off, I'm hungry. But at what stage do you get the kick that yeah. makes it worthwhile? And at what stage? And I review this all the time because I think if I on a day-to-day basis wrote down, if I kept a record of how good I was feeling, I bet there's more times when I'm not feeling good to compared to when I am feeling good. But then when you when you get a good show, you know, when you when you deliver a good show, there you go. That's the payoff. And a, mm. and it's such a small amount of payoff for the amount of work that goes into it. Like my whole life is about making work. It's not like it's a hobby. My whole world revolves around making work. And then you do one good show and then you might have seven bad shows. You know, it's your payoff is, is so small. But that said, it's that said, um, 
that's still it's what feeds you isn't it I have to be making shows if I wasn't making shows you know I, you'd be dying inside or something probably you know, we'd just wasting mm. away so even though I might not be enjoying it it's still feeding me it's still it's still what I have to do well idiom at the black box mm. for the Quarter Arts Festival's Out, Out to, to Lunch, lunch program First festival, yes do you think it's going to be one of those good ones yes <laughs> I have, have to, to say that. that. <laughs> I was thinking, what's the answer here? The truth is, John, yeah, I haven't a clue. You never know. And I haven't played, I, I have played the Black Box before. We did um, the Farfting to One, the quiz. The um, We did a fundraiser there. And I've hosted a cabaret or two. So I've played in the Black Box, but I haven't done. Your own thing. I haven't done my solo show. <clears throat> well, I ha- I've only done a solo show once. I did it in the Mac as part of the Belfast Festival back in October. So that was my first time to do a solo show. So this is my first time to do a solo show that's not in the Mac. I haven't a clue. I, my gut feeling, my gut feeling is it will be good. Yeah. That's, my gut feeling is, um, yeah, because do you know what? It's a good little show. I had, Joe Diffenbacher made a really good job of it. And I'm long enough, you know, I'm long enough at it now that I'm able to give a good show. I'm long enough on the go that I know what I'm doing. And, people audiences know that I know what I'm doing so they can be relaxed safe in the knowledge that they're in the hands of a professional well I felt safe in the knowledge that I was in the hands of a professional at the Pony Panto okay brilliant well that is exactly what I want to give you this MC knows where to take us and when yes okay brilliant so if that's the vibe we get at Idiom I'm sure the audience are going to have a great time yeah that should be the vibe you get because that's yeah, that's what I've been working on. I've been years at it now, and that is what I'm working at. That I'm, I, I'm taking the audience, and that they know that they're safe in the hands of someone who knows what they're doing. Even though we create this whole thing about chaos, we look like we're haphazard, and we look like it is really DIY, and it is DIY, and we wanted to look DIY. There's a, but we we know what's going on. I mean, yes. I know exactly. I know exactly what's going on. There is a skill and technique into yeah. counting. The, the yeah. facade and I've of practiced chaos. that and I've practiced that for years and I've intently practiced that and I'm really conscious of that that is a skill and it's something I have mm. really actively worked on well Leonie I'm afraid we'll probably have to call the clues because I need to get into this costume wardrobe you have to source the costume wardrobe find a gents M <laughs> in a really bright colour I know. think we've got a lilac number that might suit you there John <laughs> Yes. So Leonie McDonough presenting her solo show idiom at the Black Box uh, Thursday 26th of January. Remember, it's out to lunch festival, so it's in the afternoon, 1pm. And 1 just for that extra 50p on you the ticket, lunch. you get your lunch. Yeah, and Black Box is good food. I wonder yeah. what it's going to be. I've no idea. I'm really looking forward to it. Come on down. I'll show you a good time. Leonie McDonough. Leonie McDonough. Leonie McDonough. That'll do. <laughs> Leonie Pony. Leonie really Pony is much easier. Go with that. Leonie yeah. Pony. Check out the website and everything in the meantime. Oh, do you want to give out your social media handles? Seeing you, uh, you love social media I so much. I don't know if they are. What? What's uh, Leone Just, Pony One? I think I'm at Leone Pony One on Twitter. Yeah, but there's also a Pony Dance Co on Twitter. I haven't been on that. Any, uh, I think you can probably just search for you online. Yeah, and, you'll find and on it. Facebook. Well, I've, this is confusing. This is what shows my ignorance. I have a Pony Dance profile and then a Pony Dance Theatre Company page, and one of them should go. The profile should go. Yeah. I keep saying that, but then I don't. I'm ho- don't don't look for Catch us on social it while media. It's hot. We're rubbish. Come see us live. Come see me live in the flesh. It's a yeah. much better experience. And you might get brought up on stage. In idiom, you won't. In idiom, oh. you're safe. Oh, so oh, that's even better yeah, for most people. Yeah, I, I promise. People say that. Go, oh, you're just saying that, so we'll come. No, I promise. 
swear down, I swear down that there's no audience participation in idiom. Well, uh, you have been listening to The Jail Kiss with me, John Darcy, and my special guest today, Leonie Pony. Thanks very much. You can catch me soon with another arts and culture podcast radio show, Lisburn's 98 FM, FM 105 and Dan Patrick and Banger FM. Night-night. <laughs>